You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Leading Off Podcast episode, what is it, 22? I really should have checked that beforehand. Of course, as always, I'm Matt Braun, who am I talking to over here? Yes, as always, I'm Cooper Carlson here for episode 22 or 23, Jeff, what one this turns out to be, yeah. I really hope it's 22, because I kind of just leaped into it, and just, you know, with reckless abandon. So, uh, a few things to talk about right now, you may or may not notice, we sound different. Somewhat. Well, at least at least I sound different. Yeah. We think we might both sound different, but we're not sure yet until we hear this. Yeah, well, now there are many issues that have, have come up with this, but we're, we're trying out something new. Uh, at the very least, I know Cooper will sound good. I know, spoiler alert, our guest <laughs> will sound good. Uh, ooh. Ooh, gotta drop that now. Uh, I probably do not, and for the life of me, we cannot figure out why. We were working on it. Hopefully it, it improves with time, but... Uh, this is where we're at right now. So we got half of the equation sounding better, which is an improvement, I guess. And this is also, I just checked, episode 23. So welcome to episode Shit. 23 of the Leading Off podcast. All right, well, I was off there. I'm not restarting this. We're going with this. Anyways. Yeah, it's whatever. We have a, a lot of things to talk about. We'll be talking about Mike Bell being named the bench coach. We'll be talking about CJ Crone and Jonathan Scope both going to Detroit, both for the same amount of money, announced within like five minutes of each other. Which was odd. Uh, we'll be announcing the well, not announcing. We'll be talking about the two signings the twins did announce uh, somewhat recently, and then we'll have our guest Andrew Gibo, also from Twins Daily. Uh, he'll be joining on. We'll be talking about uh, both my article and his article uh, that were written recently and their conflicts with each other, basically just going at each other. Uh, interesting how that turned out. We'll be talking also with uh, his boy Madison Bumgarner. He is a Giants fan. Uh, so we'll be talking about Mad Bum sending with Arizona. We'll be talking about potential White Sox hype and their moves and what that speaks for uh, regarding the division. And we'll be talking about Hunjin Ryu and all the news regarding him. We'll be talking about Josh Donaldson and then kind of free agency as a whole and where it's at right now. So uh, a lot of fun things to talk about. Yeah, really uh, starting it off with a bang here, getting right into it with Mike Bell, the bench coach. So we're going to give everything we got on him. I, I, mean, I, I hate to be rude to Bell, but it is kind of like the least, like, <laughs> it's the thing people want to listen to the least regarding this. I was going to say least important, right. but that's probably actually the most false. It's probably false. the most important. Right. But it's always like, they hired a new bench coach, everyone's like, cool, whatever, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not like we know a ton about him. He's from the Diamondbacks, he's only 45 years old, and he'll be taking over for Derek Shelton. Is that all we got for him? Uh... <laughs> He uh well you he, he uh what what did he do in two thousand seven you had a good well, award for him well oh yeah I'll talk about that but 
uh, a few other things. He's the brother of current manager David Bell, right. who manages the Reds, uh, son of Buddy Bell, who used to play. Uh, didn't He played in the majors, not for very long, unfortunately, uh, but he's bounced around as a lot of coaches. Uh, I believe most recently he was the uh, minor league coordinator for the Diamondbacks, it was officially. Uh, director of player development. Yeah. Uh, his his Wikipedia is so not up to date. It says he is currently a director of player development for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Despite this <laughs> announcement happening like a week ago that he's now the bench coach, it's just no one has given a shit, unfortunately. But uh, as you as you alluded to in two thousand seven, he was the coach of the Yakima Bears, a minor league affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Only reason that's significant is Yakima happens to be in the state of Washington where I live. So I noticed that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know if they, I don't think they still exist, but in 2007 they did. So there's that. Maybe he brought him down. He was just bad. But no, he's good. He'll be good. <laughs> well, that was the only year he managed them. He went on to the, what, what the hell? Visalia Rawhide. Isn't that a dog bone company? Or like. Man, I don't know. <laughs> interesting. I mean, th- this is kind of like gold, but in a weird way. I don't know how to describe it. It's like watching a Nicolas Cage movie. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Let's go steal a Declaration of Independence. <laughs> okay. I'm I down. Think that was his movie. I'm, yeah. No, that was him. You got it correct. I'm down. Yeah, um, that was him. Right. Okay. You want to go? We can go. I'm free basically yeah. for a while. Oh, All right, yeah. Yeah, Christmas got it. is coming up. Man, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a good gift. <laughs> I, I captured the it. actual Declaration of Independence. <laughs> you did what now? All right, anyway. All right, well, let's, let's move on. So, there's Mike Bell. It's just our weekly Nick Cage talk. Oh, yeah, you know, we do it so often. But uh, there, there's that. I am I guess I'm looking forward to it. Uh, apparently, uh, a lot of people said good things about Bell. And whenever you're with an organization during three different tenures of GMs and front offices, that kind of speaks to how good you are getting along with people. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Diamondbacks are not always most functional organization, so good for him. <laughs> they're, I feel like she gives more credit. They're above 500. Yeah, they're, they're weird. The strange team. I'm the not strange. giving them any credit. It, I, mean, I mean, they did trade Zach Grinke and almost got better, which is unusual, but hey. <sighs> yeah. 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 I don't know. They also have Eduardo Escobar, so I oh. do have to like them a little bit. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, is that uh, moving on, we're talking about uh, CJ Cronin, Jonathan Scope. Again, uh, the tragedy of living in Washington is I wake up to these deals, so I'm already like 45 minutes uh-huh. behind. When like everyone already freaked out, I was like, wait, what? What happened? That's so strange. <laughs> so, uh, of course, both players were starters. Significant players in the Twins last year, and Detroit just scooped them up. And I, I think they're going to do well with Detroit. I th- those are some, two good moves. They're going to make them a lot better. Although it's kind of an issue with your team when CJ Cronin and Jonathan Scope are going to make your team a lot better. Uh, yes, I went through their roster and they would both, they didn't crack even the top nine for F4 on, out of Twins batters. And they would be in the top uh, four for Detroit. They've, <laughs> they've made their lineup go from zero competent players all the way up to two. Because. Yeah, Castellanos is gone, and Miguel Cabrera is not the same. I think they've got two solid guys in there. I feel like this is Nico Goodrum's slander. Yeah, I was just thinking of him as I said this, and I knew you, you were going to say that because you've written about him in many of your series previews. So <laughs> I always have to. It's like, remember that guy who has a really cool name, but the Twins let go of 
Because he's the only guy that's like almost like slightly above average on Detroit. Everyone else is awful, so you have to talk about him. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. At least for position oh, players. Well. At least in pitching, you're like, hey, Matt Boyd's interesting, and Spencer right. Turnbull's kind of cool. <laughs> So, there's that. The most significant thing for these signings, well, scope we knew was not coming back. I think because Luis Arise will obviously take over at second opening day. Uh, scope was he was fine. I guess they got him production for what he was signed for. He just couldn't ever drive in a run to save his life when they needed <laughs> it. But more interesting here, probably Crone. There was, I mean, it was thought by a lot he would probably be brought back at one point, and then. As it was progressed, as we know, he was not given the seven point seven million, I think it was. So, but this guarantee is the Twins will be opening on opening day with a new first baseman from last year. Don't know if that'll be Miguel Sano because they got a new third baseman, but the options are wide open now. Yeah, indeed, it is kind of weird to think about when you put it that way, but uh, that is indeed true from the first baseman. So, Detroit won't. I mean, there'll still be pushovers, but there won't be complete pushovers. Right. So uh, well, I mean, yeah, they yeah they will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's all relative, I suppose. I suppose, yeah. Uh, they'll be awful yet again. They're not gonna. I don't think they'll be like historically terrible, but they're sure no, they're not gonna but be great. It's it, the standards for them have just become don't lose a hundred and twenty games, which is sad <laughs> on its own. Just like make it look like you know how to play the sport of baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's just bad. I mean, what, they beat Cleveland once last year? Oh, yeah, it was... Remember it was, that? Oh, my that God. It was just disgusting. It was... Mm-hmm. Again, it was like watching a team that was playing a different sport entirely. Right. And it'll still be like that, except with two more solid players. <laughs> except it'll like, be rough. Except, like, Jonathan Scope with his solo home run while down by five, so... Right. <laughs> he will... He will thrive in Detroit because they're never in the game. Ooh, maybe that's the play. Scope. That's a great point. That's a, he's gonna win MVP. <laughs> he's gonna hit forty-five home runs and drive in sixty. <laughs> something like that. Oh, that's ex- yeah. That's I love that. Absurd that's ratio. So there's that. Me moving on to twin signings because they did sign people. A lot of people will tell you otherwise. Those people are lying. Uh, Sergio Romo was announced. He is coming back on the Twins, much to quite literally everyone's happiness. A one-year deal with a. What was it, a team option, I believe, for 2020? Yep, f- uh, $5 million this upcoming year, and then a $5 million option in 2020. So, yeah. obviously think, a great signing, well, I think. I mean, yeah, I think. Again, you're going to be hard-pressed to find anyone that doesn't like this signing. Uh, right. What was interesting, I thought, was, if I remember their incentives in that, that could potentially drive it up to $10 million, which... Wow. I mean, that's a lot of incentives. And granted, like, they're split out, so it's difficult to hit all of them, that seems fairly significant for Romo, who's like, what, 36 at this point? Uh, yeah, I think he is. So that is actually, the f- I was actually just surprised by 5 million on its own because I think he made three and a half last year. Of course, the difference of 1.5 million is very minimal, but this is what we do here. So yeah. <laughs> I was surprised he did get up to five, but, and I guess could get 10, which is very unlikely, but yeah, worth noting. Well, it's funny you say 1.5 is not notable, but well, the difference between CJ Chrome being a twin and CJ Chrome being a tiger is right. 1.6. So it's like, eh. <laughs> it was, it's yeah. Weird. Uh, weird. I suppose. But uh, yeah, I mean, Romo's back. Uh, I think what's really nice about Romo is just the fact that he's kind of plug and play. 
if you need him to close, you can he can close. If you need him to be a fireman in the sixth inning, he can do that. It's truly just like a, a jack of all trades. And he, he's not bad against lefties, which I think is something a lot of people uh, think he is for whatever reason, just being slider heavy and being right-handed. But that's actually not true. So he's, he's very diverse in his uh, usage, which is nice. Yeah, he's interesting. He adds a good amount of depth after uh, Rogers, May, and Duffy. I think he'd be ranked in that next area with the Zach Littell type and, well, the Tyler Clippard, who we'll get into later. But, <laughs> yeah, it's good depth to have. He's a solid reliever. And on a team where he's your fourth or fifth guy, that's that's pretty good. You got a solid bullpen there. Yeah, nothing nothing too bad. Uh, again, everyone keeps forgetting about Cody Stashak, which is kind of a... Oh, I know. I mean, I've, I got him there. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, okay, good. I, just, I, I saw, I think, about three tweets or whatever that went through, like, the Twins bullpen, and then, like, oh, correct, Cody no, Stashak. Right. For, forgot about him. It's like, oh, come on, he was pretty good. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. he's fun. He's 25 to 1 walk ratio. That's always yeah, good. there you go. You can't, hard to beat that. So uh, we have Romo resigning. Uh, but at the same time, when they officially announced that... Uh, they snuck in. Oh, by the way, we signed <laughs> Tyler Clipper, which is, uh, yeah, I was not expecting that. It was weird that the Twins' Twitter account actually broke the news instead of all the other free agents, like you know, like Rosenthal or Jeff pa- Jeff Passan or you know the uh, the famous Bob Nightingale usually would, but <laughs> the Twins' Twitter actually did right after the Roma, which was kind of odd. And he is thirty four years old now, but last year he had a really good year, throwing sixty two innings. An ERA of uh, actually 290 is lowest in quite a while. And overall, solid season for a guy who's 34 and you don't really know what. I mean, I didn't know he had that good of a season when we first signed him. When I first saw him, I was kind of surprised. So pleasantly surprised. It's a good signing overall, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And he kind of fits the, I've noticed uh, this new regime, I guess new. and I can't, It's hard to say they're new. This is like, what, their fourth season, but... New, I guess. Again, as I said, it's all relative. Uh, they seem to really like those funky style relievers, where it's just like, I think if you combine if you combine Clippard and Romo's fastball, it might hit eighty eight on a good day. <laughs> uh, but again, they get outs. Uh, Clippard has the the changeup and he has good deception. Uh, yeah, apparently, I think he added fastball spin this last season. Lost splitter spin, mm-hmm. which is what you want uh, for splitters. So he was able to be effective despite hitting like 89, 90 uh, regularly. So saw a lot of soft contact. Like whenever you go to his baseball savant page, it's just incredibly red, which is what you want um, as far as batted ball profile. So like you said, he fits in well. It's hard to hate it. Just another quality reliever. Yeah, and he does, you said the soft contact, and that goes along with striking out over nine per uh, nine per nine innings. That works well, the soft contact. He's a... Really good fly ball pitcher, so when he's going wrong, you'll notice he's giving up a lot of home runs, but most of the time, like he was last year, it'll just be soft fly balls or strikeouts. He's a very rarely will give up ground balls, though. Yeah, although it feels like the fly ball uh, tendency will fit better in target field and with the Twins defense than uh, more of a ground ball pitcher. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what they're targeting. Zero ground balls in 2020. Just no ground. I like it. You know what's funny is I was when I was looking at Tyler Clippard's Fangraphs page, which is what I assume everyone did the second the signing was announced. I saw right. like two years ago, over a significant amount of time, he had like a nineteen percent ground ball rate, which is just like absurdly low. Like it's really rare to see someone go lower than twenty. <laughs> it is incredibly rare. Yeah, it's definitely weird, and it 
I mean, yeah, he just gives up the soft contact with solely fly balls, and I don't know, strange guy, and he'll strike people out, but yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't but know. It works for him. Yeah, it works. That's that's really all you can say. Like, well, he's, you know, you don't get thirty four in the majors by being bad. You gotta, you know, find your way around somehow. So yeah, so I like it overall. I think it's a good signing, as all you right. do, and it adds adds as I said. The depth to the bullpen. You got Rogers, May, Duffy. Then you got Clippard, Littell, Stashak, your guy, and Romo. So it's a solid group overall. And Matt Whistler, but never mind. We're just gonna ignore that guy. I guess. Did you, did you know he has a? I forgot about him. He has a guaranteed contract, so he'll be on the team. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, huh. guaranteed contract. It's not like teams DFA players or anything. I mean. Hey, you know, it's likely <laughs> he will be on. The yeah, no, I'm just giving you shit. I know. Of course. All right. But, uh, so. Are we we gonna go into it the the uh, leading off podcast first? I believe it is the first guest. The first it's guest, pretty, pretty good. I'm excited. I yeah, uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out. So uh, we will have Andrew Gibo coming up. Uh, he is sitting in the wings waiting for us. He's literally actually just texting me. He's literally just sitting here. So uh, we'll get to that very soon. I anticipate this being a fun conversation. So let's go. All right, and welcome to our first guest ever. On this podcast, amazing it's taken us this long. Uh, we have Andrew Gibo, also of Twins Daily. How are you doing, Andrew? Well, uh, I don't know who this Gibo character is, Gibo, but uh, Gibo? Yeah, I'm, certainly, I'm certainly glad to be the first ever guest. All right, did I actually butcher that? We don't even know his name. It's Gibo. It's all right. I get Gibo. I get Gibo pretty often, so that, that's okay. Okay. Well, this is what happens when uh, I only text you and I never actually see you. So. Right. We saw him for like six hours one day, man. This is on you. Uh, you know how and long ago that was? And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Bonus even asked the pronunciation of my name <laughs> while you were there, Matty B. Okay. Right. We're getting off topic. That's my excuse. I'm going to move on from here. Anyways, we got Andrew here to talk about some stuff. We'll be talking about uh, our conflicting articles because I, uh, I wrote one the other day. Uh, the, a message to the front office. By the way, a hundred comments. I've never broken a hundred before. Should I, I don't think I've ever broken fifty before. So that's kind of that's kind of wild. Uh, although apparently it started to turn into a slap fight about the Kirk Cousins contract. So there's that. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I wrote an article, uh, a message to the front office, uh, where I kind of detailed about looking forward towards a big move and the fact that I'm not feeling too confident the one's actually happening. And then you, Andrew, of course, being the uh, the exact opposite of me, decided to write Practicing Pragmatism, the exact opposite of that. Yes. That's it? You have nothing to expand upon that with? Or? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were going to be here done there or not. <laughs> I was trying to set you up. Yeah, that's what I, mean, that's I, think, what I do here. All right, yeah, so I think, you know, obviously there's there's a need, right, for the Twins to, to make a big splash, and particularly with a starting pitcher, uh, but, you know, just because they need to make a splash doesn't mean you got to go, you know, sign the next best available option just because you need to. As I so eloquently put in my article, it's similar to, you know, drafting Christian Ponder in the first round. Okay. Right. Wow. If, if, if there's a, if there's a move that that makes sense and is a smart move, go ahead and do it. Right. And I don't think that's handing out four years, 80 million, whatever it would be to Hunjin Ryu. I think Ryu would obviously make the Twins a better team in 2020, but beyond that, I'm not really confident that he's going to do 
much over the life of a four-year contract given his age and injury history and then the other side of it too is i don't necessarily trust his his stuff in the american league which i kind of pointed to in the article a little bit just pointing out the difference in his career numbers against american league and you know, relative to what he's done his whole body of work uh you know the the nibbling the low 90s i just don't know necessarily know how that how that would play uh, but again, if there's a move to make, go for it. If they want to trade and bring in David Price or, or Robbie Ray, I'm all on board with it. I'm not saying don't make a move this winter. It's just a matter of, hey, if, if the right move isn't there over the winter, it's okay. Team is Matt, good enough to be in first place. Andrew, right. I'm going to ask you, uh, did the fans respond as kindly as you expected to this stance of not making the big move when you can, basically? Which t- um, I'd say it's kind of a <laughs> kind of a mixed bag. I had some people um, agreeing with me, and then I had some people, you know, more or less calling me uh, an idiot and pointing yep. the fact that Mitch Mitch Garber isn't going to have his one thousand OPS. Which, <laughs> hey, that's probably true. Uh, but you know, barring any major regression, not only from Garber but from Sano and Polanco and Arise and Buxton and Kepler. Kapler, yes, Kapler. Um, yeah, I'll your manager, Kapler, Kapler. Kapler. I'm getting all confused <laughs> here. Uh, yeah, barring any like major regression from the you know entire core of the lineup, this is still a good enough team to win a lot of games, to be in first place at the deadline, and be in a position to make a move then. So you know, if it makes more sense to play out this summer and make a move at the deadline, go for it. Don't rush into you know a, making a big signing just because oh we have to. Yeah, I suppose that man probably more on your side than I am with Matt, which never really occurs because I agree with him all the time. Where I guess since I know where you stand on Ryu, and I'm kind of on your side as well now because I I wanted him on like a three years sixty, but I guess for Matt, where where do you think would you sign Ryu for four years for what what he wants? I don't know ninety to hundred mil. Well, four years probably not. I, I do agree to some degree, and actually it's funny, ever since, because Andrew and I text a lot, not to like flex on anyone, because we're just homies like that, <laughs> but uh, and what, basically one of the main things we talk about is uh, Ryu, and we talked a lot about Madbum, but that's gone out the window, um, and I've actually somewhat, I'll admit it, I've kind of backed off that a little bit uh, regarding mm-hmm. my hype room. I, I understand that, and I, now that I'm kind of, you know, comprehending that and thinking through the lines of... Uh, Let's go for the guy and not a guy. Uh, I think there's a lot of merit in that. And uh, I guess long story short, I don't. I will not give four years to Ryu. I think three years probably absolute max. Uh, but I, I would be more willing to just kind of pump up that AAV on it just to kind of ensure that he gets the guaranteed money he wants. Uh, maybe not the years, but I don't know if anyone's going to give him four years at this point. So I guess I guess that's my answer. I did. The, I think. The only team I, I could see going four years on Ryu is going to be the Angels. And I think while we're talking about this, you know, pragmatism versus making the move right now, I think a good contrast is the Angels, right? If the Twins were in the Angels position, looking up in the division, looking up at you know, the A's and the Astros, they have to make a move, right? They're not good enough right now to be in first place throughout the summer. So if you're in the Angels position, like going four years for a guy like Ryu, because you more or less, like you have to in order to just even be competitive, then, you know, that's a different discussion. But the Twins aren't in that position. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair entirely. Uh, I guess, also, I kind of I kind of feel like we've, we've hyper-focused, like, this argument specifically on Ryu. I don't know if it's necessarily 
him as a whole. Well, what would your thoughts be, I guess, on uh, making Donaldson the guy? I'm all for that. I think I think adding Donaldson right now definitely makes a lot of sense, especially if you're not. I mean, obviously, like I said in my article, we had no chance at Strasburg and Cole. Bumgarner, we turned, you know, turns out we had zero chance at that as well. So, yeah, go ahead, add Donaldson. The strength of this team in 2019 was hitting the ball, hitting home runs, the Bomba squad, right? Yeah. So if you, can, if you can make that strength even stronger, go for it. I think he's an upgrade over Crone from an offensive standpoint. So, yeah, absolutely. Add Donaldson, play out the summer, and, you know, add pitching where you can. So you guys both willing, I probably would be, to go four years, 110 mil with, with Donaldson, if that's what it comes to? I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I find it interesting because I, mean, I know I was, texting, I was talking to Andrew about this before. I thought, I think I, I offered you like maybe two years in a team option and suddenly like two teams are willing to get him four years. I'm like, holy shit. Wow. Jeez. He's a. Yeah. So that, that changes the conversation. Yeah. It certainly does. But at the same time, kind of like what I outlined, it's like, well, if you don't, if you're in a position where you can kind of take that risk, at least for now, I mean, maybe three years down the road, we're talking about a different story depending on how things play out. But, uh, you can front load the hell out of it. Yeah, I'd be down. Absolutely. The other, you know, the other thing too with the, with Donaldson is on the back end of his deal. Given the Twins are in the American League, he can always DH. He's only played, I think I saw like eighteen career games at first base. I don't know. Wouldn't want to say, oh, he can be a first baseman on the back end of the deal. But at least like you have an option where if as he gets older, you know, say he's a Nelson Cruz where the bat is still there, but he just can't handle the hot corner anymore. The Twins can absorb that. I mean, Nelson Cruz likely isn't going to be around for four years, so you can you know you can slide Donaldson to that DH spot. I don't know, man. Forty-three-year-old Nelson Cruz. He's <laughs> yeah. With the Twins, they've at least proven they're willing to go with like a player who's solely a designated hitter. As they've proven with Cruz, so getting Donaldson for four years for them, obviously, it could be a bit of a risk. But you've got to keep this window open, and you've got to win eventually. And, you gotta have a bad contract on the team eventually to get there, and he may be bad for the last two years, but they've proven they're willing to have the sole designated hitter in the lineup per se. Like, I don't know, so it's risky, but he's a very good player, obviously, and it's worth it to do. They've they've said, or it's come out that they've made a four year offer actually them and the was the Nationals, Nationals? Yeah. right? Okay, and I think his Donaldson's view is. He's going to tell the Braves that, and unless they don't say they don't match the contract, he'll pick out of those two teams. Well, I find it I find it interesting because I think uh, oh was I saw the other day uh, Thad Levine kind of went back because he said it earlier in the offseason, which was a point I made to emphasize uh, that we're going to target impact pitching. I believe was the exact line, and then the other day he kind of came back and said, "Well, I should have said impact players." Now you're like, okay, well. Uh, kind of tips your hand a little bit, doesn't it? Wait, so, so Tyler Clippert isn't an impact pitcher? <laughs> I mean, I guess... Sergio Romo is, though. <laughs> yeah, right? Come on now. <laughs> we brought back Romo and Clippert. That's pretty impact. <laughs> we brought back Romo From and From a Clippert. certain point of view. Yeah, Pineda, Odorizzi. Come on, guys. We've done a lot. Yeah. Alex Avila? Hey, the same team. Hey, the Twins signed an all-star pitcher. I, right. I mean, actually, they signed two if you consider Odorizzi, right? That's who I was referencing. So yes, Clifford's been there. I bet has Romo. Has Romo, Romo, yes. Romo was an all star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got three, three all star, three back. Come on, Pineda. Pineda's the lone guy not bearing it. Come on, Pineda. <laughs> Whatever. Wait, was Avila an all star huh. at one point? Have they signed like? I highly doubt it. it. Right. I don't know. Okay. He, he was pretty good in his Tigers days. 
I mean, his own father, no, like, released Oh, my him, God, he okay? was an all-star so, in 2011. I, I told you 12th in MVP. 12th in MVP. Right. <laughs> hey, Matt, can we, get, can we edit that part out, too? Uh, no, I like this. I like the, the free-flowing nature of this. Oh, my God. How did he finish 12th in MVP? Who played that year? Look, like, 2011? Yeah. This was before War took over, so... Oh my Which sounds gosh. incredibly dark if you don't know what war is a statistic. <laughs> right, I had, to, <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. Yeah. Right, my mind kind of went there, but I was like, you know, I'll, just, I'll let that one slide. Thank you. Well, oh. Unintentionally funny, there you go. So, oh, boy. I think uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, you know, you being a Giants fan, obviously, we got to talk about Madison Bumgarner. Uh, naturally. Naturally, we have to. And, you know, God help us, we've talked about it for the entire offseason. Uh and the funny thing is, like, I'm going to tip my hand here. We were supposed to do this last week, and then on Sunday, as we were watching football, the day we were supposed to record, I got that notification. Madison Bumgarner sent the D-backs. I'm like, well, there goes all of our content. So uh, <laughs> we ended up pushing it back a week. But uh, indeed, he signed with the Diamondbacks. Uh, well, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, as at first, you know, obviously when you're – all the rumors around Madison, the Diamondbacks were never, they weren't even like a mystery team, right? They kind of came out of nowhere. And I don't know if you watched his presser or not, but essentially, I mean, Madison Bumgarner, he, he made that happen. He willed himself onto the Diamondbacks. He told his representation, I want to play in Arizona. Uh, that was his, that was his goal from the beginning of the off season. And, and so it's, I guess in that sense, it's not surprising. Um, kind of sucks obviously i would like him to be back with the giants or in a twins uniform uh for personal selfish reasons there uh but you know considering the the reasons why he signed it, it's it's really not that surprising and well right. and, and the, the horses, horses apparently because that's yeah but that right the whole gotta have the horses man i mean i think realistically if the twins were going to sign him they need to buy him a ranch you know full of horses and buy you know build a dirt biking track for him in the backyard as well Andrew, I'm going to ask, did you have Bumgarner ahead of Zach Wheeler? Because I know you really ranked him high, and I often disagreed with you on what you'd say about him because I didn't rank him that high. But you did, right, ahead of Wheeler? The short answer, yes. Was that personal, or was it actually? I mean, it is, uh, if we're being (laughs) honest, it is difficult for me to be objective uh, when it comes to Madison Bumgarner. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, like, the way I was looking at it is, obviously, you know, Wheeler has the potential, I guess you could say, to take that next step. And I'm not going to say he's going to be Garrett Cole, but he could be a poor man's Garrett Cole to an extent. But he just just hasn't really, like, done it over an extended period of time. He's showing flashes of it. Whereas with Madison Bumgarner, granted, yes, okay, he's 30 years old and he's logged, I don't know, enough innings to make a normal person's arm fall off. But he's at least, like, proven that, you know, he can he can do it and he's done it over, you know, a number of years. And he's done it in the postseason in the World Series. I think what he's done in the World Series alone is – he kind of speaks for itself. And so, I mean, for those reasons is kind of why I had him hired just because it's like you know what you're getting with Madison Bumgarner. Whereas with Wheeler, what he's done to this point throughout his career has more or less been league average. And so it's hard to say, okay, we're going to throw $118 million at this guy who's been average, thinking that, oh, he's going to turn into an elite-level ace. Yeah, that's fair. Before I saw the contract details, it was actually, you know, of course, I had Wheeler as higher. I I liked him a lot more, but I guess if I was to pick between a contract of the two, I'd go Mad Bum because... 
you know what you're getting, as you said. And Wheeler is. He did miss, I think, what, two full seasons due to injury just a few Tommy years John, ago. So. Yeah. Right. So you never know. With the, I mean, he was, he finished 15th in F4 last year, so that was pretty good on its own. But He was also once traded for the now current manager of the Mets. Really? Was that? Yeah. In, oh, 2000, yeah. in 2011, oh, wow. <laughs> he was traded to the Mets for Carlos Beltran. Yeah, he was drafted by the Giants. Giants so. huh. He was the first-round draft pick, yeah. Oh, geez. Now, what's, what's was actually interesting, something you just said, Andrew, that I hadn't even considered. I don't even know if you meant to bring this up, but uh, one of the big comps we got for Zach Wheeler was Garrett Cole. And it, it comes from velocity. And let's be honest, we're all suckers from velocity. At least MLB is at this point. And so you see the big fastball, you see the big slider, you're like, okay, this guy's got strikeout stuff. The thing about what the Astros did with Garrett Cole, they acquired him by a trade. They didn't sign him to five years, you know, 20 mil a year. And then take that risk that says, hey, you know, we're going to invest $20 million into maybe. They invested a few OK yep. prospects. And, well, I mean, they fleeced the Pirates. We all know this. This is a national pastime at this point. But it's a, it's a different story uh, regarding that than it is to, you know, throw five years, 118 at Zach Wheeler for a maybe we can make this guy better. Because uh, I've said this before regarding Mad Bum, but you can apply it to Wheeler at the same time. Uh, at that price, I want more guarantees than he can afford you. So... Exactly. Yeah. And that, the, what you just said, you want more guarantees. That was my biggest hiccup or hang up with, with Wheeler is that yes, like there's the potential there. Like he could be that elite pitcher, but he hasn't been. So you're throwing 118 million at a maybe. Yeah. Hmm. yeah I mean, I, as I guess I agree with that part. Wheeler, he's also never thrown, he's thrown 190 innings once in his career. And as I said, injuries are a problem, but he had a fine year last year and, he was, you know, pretty much equal with Mad Bum, I guess, on a lot of, in a lot of sense. But it is based off potential, and I would have taken Wheeler. But obviously, as we all know, the Twins got none of them, and I don't know where where do we go from here. I don't know he also hadn't like Wheeler had an ERA north of like four and a half at the deadline, and then he finished mm-hmm. with two strong months and parlays that into a nine figure deal. <laughs> See, I like, I still can't get over the fact that they had a negative win probability added, like. Like, like negative. negative, like, like that's, that's bad. bad. Well, he Mad also played for right? the Mets, but right, that's true. yeah. Well, that's, that's a good point. point. Well, I guess we can, that's a good way to wrap that all up because uh, we got one more thing to talk about with Andrew here uh, regarding the Chicago White Sox, who uh, just uh, yesterday it was announced that they signed Dallas Keuchel uh, on top of signing Gio Gonzalez a few days ago and signing Yasmani Grandal way back in the beginnings of the offseason, if you can even remember that. So. Uh, I guess I'll throw this question out there. I'll direct it at Cooper first so we don't just have two people talking to each other. Uh, should we be worried about the White Sox? Or uh, uh, what's happening here? I don't think you should be worried per se, but, I mean, of course they will be. It They have a lot depending on what their young players do. They've got – it's like what, where the Twins were a few years ago. They've got a bunch of prospects coming up, and they've they've now supplemented them, of course, with some solid pitchers. I mean, you know, Keiko and Gonzalez, they're uh, number four starters at this point, but they're fine. And then wow. they got Giolito at the top of the rotation. Their rotation's not not bad, of course. It was god-awful last year, and they've <laughs> done what they can. It, I mean, they have a fine lineup, but they won 72 games last year in a division with the Detroit Tigers and Kansas City Royals. And sure, they've improved. They can – I don't know if they're a – you know, 25 win improvements. Well, I do know they're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not concerned yet. If they 
keep adding, I guess, and within and within the first couple months of the season, these young players look like they're projected to be over their careers, then sure, but I don't know. If they could win 90 next year, which is an 18-win improvement, and they will not win the division with that even, so I don't know. I don't see much. Man, you, you call, call Dallas Keifel number four, four starter. starter. Jeez. He is on the Twins. <laughs> uh, I don't know enough about to dispute that. The Twins uh, only have four starters right now. Ooh, <laughs> and he's point. the fourth one. <laughs> This is Randy Dobnak slander, and I will not take it at all. <laughs> what are you putting him at five? I don't know. I'm, I'm putting him at six. He's in the bullpen. <laughs> We're going with the six-man rotation. Yeah, right. six-man. Yeah, I love it. Right, Andrew, your thoughts? I mean, I, for the most part, I, I, I agree uh, with, with what Cooper was saying. Well, we're on top of the White Sox, so let's, let's take a moment to uh, acknowledge how they completely fleeced the Cubs, giving up Quintana to get oh, William Oh, yeah, I know. Right? Mm. And Dylan Cease. I guess it makes up for trading Tatis for James Shields. Ah, well, yeah, they'll never live that one down. Oh, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, besides all that, like, it's 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 not a you know exact one to one ratio, obviously. But if you look at the players they've brought in in terms of WAR, they haven't added twenty WAR to their you know existing roster with additions they've made, right? So obviously, okay, maybe if you get Tim Anderson healthy for a full year and Mankato takes the next step in his development. Like, yeah, they're, they're going to be an improved team. Like, they might finish, you know, at 500 or, you know, a couple games above 500. I think their ceiling is going to be about 90, 90, 92 wins. And like Cooper said, I mean, that's not enough to win the division. Again, barring extreme regression from right. the entire Twins lineup. So I think they'll make the division more interesting, without a doubt. And, as, I mean, if, if Nelson Cruz continues to hit the way he did in Chicago last year. Oh, jeez. Right, like that's I don't think yes again make it interesting, but I don't I'm not like worried that they're gonna completely leapfrog the Twins and all of a sudden you know they take over the crown of of the division. I, I just yeah, I don't see that I've, happening yet. Right, and I've got just one more thing to add. The Twins, their current roster is better than the White Sox, and the Twins are not done yet. Like they will certainly add at least probably two more impact players. Like they'll only get better, I think. So they're cur- the, they're currently much. I don't know if much better, but noticeably better than the White Sox, and then they'll continue to get better. So, well, not worried. What one, one thing, thing I do find kind of interesting regarding the White Sox, Sox is, first of all, we, we talked, talked about this earlier. They only won seventy-two games last year, which narratively that's a lot less than I thought they did. Because coming off like what some people are saying, I thought they at least cracked five hundred, but no, they couldn't even do that. And in fact, their pie tag win loss was even worse. So, uh, really. Yeah, it was, uh, what is it, um, 69 and 92. Yeah, they only played 161 games. They, nice. They got, yeah, nice, very nice. They got rained out, and apparently they just decided not to play the game, so there you go. Oh, yeah. Probably for the better, we didn't see a White Sox or Tigers team, so. Uh, but anyways. Oh, what a bummer. Dude. Oh. Can you imagine the ratings on that, dude, through the roof? <laughs> Might have cracked 10,000 fans, maybe. Um, no, not even. There's no way. If it's a day game, a rainout game, that would have been day, five, like under 5,000. Well, they did play in, in a completely empty stadium a few years ago, so I remember that one. Exactly. Um, I don't expect anything. Oh, was that, yeah, that was our game in Baltimore, huh, with the yeah, riots. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, Right, nothing going on. Uh, where, where's my point going? Oh, yeah, I remember it now. Anyways, <laughs> so last year they peaked at 72 wins, and that was with Lucas Giolito being an ace. That was with Yuan Mankata being an MVP candidate. That was with Tim Anderson battling his way to start him. And so it's like, what are the odds that those guys take the next step? And then 
if they even stay, if, if they stay where they are, if they even rest a little bit, that's kind of capping them, isn't it? Because there's a difference between, like, winning 72 games with your team playing at half potential and winning 72 games with your team playing at full potential, if you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah, the only thing I would add is, I mean, Tim Anderson did miss a bit of time uh, with an injury. I don't think that it was significant enough to bump them up to 90 wins. So, yeah, I mean, I think that absolutely with the roster currently the way it is and playing at full potential and hitting 72 wins, obviously, you know, they have young players. And if they make the next step in their development, they're going to be better. So their ceiling is higher than 72, but it's they're not cracking 92, 93 wins. Yeah, yeah. Man, every time I check Tim Anderson, three ninety nine BABIP. How do you do that? We're five hundred play appearances. Three ninety nine BABIP. Yeah, three ninety nine. Yeah, there, there's, re- there's regression. I think right. my, I mean, my shadow was even higher, actually. So. Also, he bat flips, so I don't like him. <laughs> no, just okay, Boomer. <laughs> Turns out Cooper has some some deep hatred. We're gonna. No, I'm yeah, just yeah. kidding. Tim Anderson, four oh. Well, not Tim Anderson. My bad. You want him to cut up four oh six BABIP? Holy crap. Oh my god! But yeah, almost a six-win player over 550 play appearances. So there you go. Huh. And Tim Anderson's hard hit rate is not that good either. So regression will be there. Ah, uh, you're bringing in too many fancy stats. Let's just look right. at batting I'm, average. I'm sorry, right? I had to go first. <laughs> Let's just look at batting batting average, home runs, and RBIs. <laughs> yeah, hey, Eddie, Eddie Rosario for MVP. <laughs> right. He did get MVP votes. People forget. Oh my god. He was also a candidate, one of the top what, six or nine for like uh the all MLB outfield. Oh jeez. It's wonderful. Is he even the fourth best outfielder on the twins? That's debatable. Uh highly actually. Check out JKHWRC plus if you don't believe me. Um <laughs> anyways, I think you know, I mean, I'm not I don't feel comfortable putting Jake Cave out there 158 games over Rosario. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not saying I would, but... Lamont Wade, though. I think that's eh? where I'm headed. Oh, uh, too bad Ian Miller got snatched up. <laughs> ah, yeah. Ian, Ian Miller's where I swore was going to be on the postseason roster. Hey, that was your thing for like a month. I remember that. That was my thing. I don't know why. And then, well, it didn't even really matter. It's not like they needed to steal a game. and oh. like, steal a base in a game they lost by, what, seven? Yeah. Funny thing, well. funny thing, I could be talking <laughs> about any three of those games. Oh, you just keep going with it, huh? Hey, dude, it was like three months ago. Come on. Yeah, I know. It's all good. People get over this. The Yankees lost to the cheating Astros, so it's fine. Yeah, that's that's the whole different topic in and of itself. Yeah, the Astros I, are doing. I don't know if I should it's get a half right hour. Now. Right? Yeah, be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we might we be going too long with that one. We already have a long enough podcast as it is. We don't need to add the. Well, well, I guess that's it. We're done talking to you, Andrew. <laughs> All right. It was a pleasure. Actually, yeah, that was that was very enjoyable to do. It was a, I had a lot of fun. And, and hopefully yeah, next time great. you get my name right. Yeah, I will. Right, I definitely will not remember it. I cannot oh. wait to say it wrong again. Although, I know, know if I say it wrong, that's just because I'm stupid. Cooper's going to do it because he's mean. I'm not. That's just false. I'm not. No, I'm not. That's a horrible defense. <laughs> I just call him out. Ah, uh, whatever. All right. Well, thank it's you, Andrew. It's good talking to you. Hope yeah. You, yeah. Thank you. Hope you have a good yeah, night. Yeah, it was fun. Be fun to have again. Not that we're making plans. Absolutely. Sure. All right. See ya. All right, guys. Good night. So uh, that was a fun talk with Andrew. Uh, a lot of interesting things to talk about. I, that went. 
you know, for the first time ever, I think I went pretty well. Yeah, next week's guest will be Derek Falvey joining the Thad Levine, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just going to immediately upgrade. Well, I guess that was a bit, upgrade. Of, a bit, a bit of an insult to Andrew there. I mean, Ooh. Anyways. No, it's all good. Anyways, uh, to cap us all off, we're going to be talking about free agency. Uh, kind of getting to the end, at least as far as impact guys go. I think impact is really just Ryu and Donaldson at this point. Yeah, I would agree. Once Keiko went off the board, he was kind of... I mean, it was arguable whether he was impact or not, of course, but he would have been a top four pitcher in this rotation, which that's kind of needed with only three guys really slotted in there. So that's really, I feel I, like we've had this conversation before. It's very strange. Right. Very strange. Huh, they should just do something, huh? But yeah, Ryu, uh, Ryu, I don't know what, I never know whether to say Ryu or just Ru, so I'm going to just stick with Ryu. I think it's Ryu. Um, all right. So yeah, Ryu and Donaldson, the only ones left. But it, to me, from what I saw from... Darren uh, Wolfson on Twitter. Uh, Ryu has almost no intention of coming here unless we blow away on blow them away on a four year deal with a lot of money, which that's not happening. I don't. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm already considering it. The Twins will not get Ryu. So it's for me. It's Josh Donaldson, and they've got to pretty much go all in on him. And yeah. It's yeah. also rumored that if not all in, you know, do what you can, but. <laughs> it's rumored that if the Braves match any offer, then he will go there, which sucks, of course, because it's kind of out of the Twins' hands at that point. But do what you can to get Josh Donaldson and then have a lineup of what? I mean, we could go over a lineup of Kepler and Polanco and Donaldson and Cruz. And, Dude, wow. I can't I mean, even think that's of listing right or anyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it'd be the best line, one of the best top three lineup in baseball for sure. It, yeah. it might already be with Donaldson. It's It's there. Yeah, I'm my my philosophy. And this happens every off season to me. I don't know if it's just because it takes so long, or just like I, I just can't like like latch on an idea for a long period of time. Like we just like we're so full on Zach Wheeler, and then we have Andrew for twenty minutes, and we're like, yeah, screw Zach Wheeler. That guy was trash. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, these things happen. But um, I've kind of. I was gonna bring that up, but yeah. <laughs> I definitely thought about it. I'm like, huh, it's really weird that we're now agreeing with him. Okay, never mind. Well, we're now also. A- kind of against Ryu as well. Like, no big money for him, but yeah. it's whatever. But you know what? Let's just... What, what even is the concept of money? You know? You know. Let's... Uh, never mind. Anyways, oh. uh, I've kind of shifted as, as free agency has gone. Uh, and I'm now yeah, me too. leaning towards, let's do four years and whatever <laughs> it takes for Donaldson, and then stick with the trade. I, th- I think the trade for a starting pitcher is still very much in play, and I hope it is. Because it's kind of, uh, as far as we were talking about impact plays, it feels like that offers more options than just throwing a bunch of money at uh, Hunjin Ryu, who has some red flags attached to him. So if you can double up on that, I think that would, uh, then I would be satisfied. I think a lot of people would be satisfied. I assume you would be satisfied. I would be. And it, of course, depends on the pitcher they get. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guys, of course, the guys out there, you know, Robbie Ray and I don't He's the most talked about guy because, I don't know, the Diamondbacks are weird. They go sign Mad Bum and it's, you know, they're probably going to sell off Robbie right now. But he's someone that I'm very interested in. And the, a couple of the Marlins guys, uh, Alcantara and uh, Caleb Smith, could be interesting to me. I mean, Noah Syndergaard is always going to be talked about, but I don't think that's happening. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of guys. I mean, you can, of course, trade for almost anyone. And the Twins have more than enough prospects to do it. 
I was listening to Dan Hayes on the Score North podcast, the Score North Twins show. It's always a good one. And he said last year at the deadline, the Twins were willing to definitely go all in with their prospects if the opportunity presented itself. Like they were ready to get uh, Stroman basically, but Toronto was just being Toronto and yeah. that. But so, yeah, I don't think they'll be hesitant to give up prospects for that big name starter when it comes to it. Yeah, it just kind of comes down to situation. Again, like we were talking about, just look for the guy, not necessarily a guy. And even kind of with Stroman, mm-hmm. we saw, uh, believe it or not, he struggled with the Mets. Like, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't quite Marcus Stroman, so maybe, maybe they avoided that mind. We won't know because he still has all of next year uh, under, mm-hmm. under the Mets' control. So, I don't know. Maybe it's Ray. Maybe it's John Gray. Maybe it's all these names floating right. out there. Uh, at some point, I don't know about you. These, these names kind of all flow into one each other, and I'm like, just get one, and I'll like, I'll like create my narrative right. around that, whether I like it or not. Like, yeah, I think of the the uh, Boyd, the Ray, the Gray as all, because the thing is, we don't know who's actually available in trade, like we do free agency. We can only speculate on it because mm-hmm. there's not the same rumors. You'll hear something, of course, about John Gray because he's on a bad team and he's a good starting pitcher. But I mean, the Rockies have said they don't even know if they want to trade him, and then they. Said so they were going to trade Arenado, so everything's a mess with the trading. You never know. Yeah, and especially with trades, also sometimes like like Tommy Pham to the uh, the Padres just came out of nowhere. Uh, Corey Kluber to the Rangers right. came out of nowhere, and it's like some of these some of these are just like oh this trade's happening. You're like holy shit, what the what? Where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, that was I was really surprised when that one went down too, because you think with that maybe the starting pitching trade. Uh, market is not going to be as expensive as you might think because Kluber what two times Cy Young is that correct he was yeah for a a really good reliever he throws triple digits I guess but him and a out and then Byron Buxton without a baseball bat basically he can field and run but do nothing else yeah Delano to Shields his uh his baseball uh savant page is certainly interesting (laughs) it is it is wow. It's it was like all the way red for defense, but then when it came to right. anything regarding hitting, you're just like wah wah. Just way at the other side. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it was like they're trying. Yeah, to play, that's the Indians for you. They're playing, trying to play tag with each other. Was... Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, um, thank you. yeah, but the Indians are odd. They're also going to sell their, you know, t- the top five shorts player in baseball apparently, and now Mike Clevenger. So I hope they just give everyone away for a couple relievers. That'd be nice. Well, yeah, that's that. That all is happening. It's it's so strange what they're doing and and all that. And you kind of see that stuff, and you're like, you know, maybe the the twins being too uh, conservative. Maybe, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world when you see like some of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's people saying because the White Sox are obviously. I mean, they're not going to be an elite team as we've alluded to, but Cleveland is. Not going to be good. Well, they could. They could. They're Cleveland. They could go win ninety three again next year with selling everyone because they're annoying like that. But <laughs> they're weird, so I don't know. But it's like people are saying, you know, make the move now because other teams aren't as competitive. And I don't know. It's not. I guess it's at this point winning playoff games because I hate to say it's almost guaranteed they're going to go to the playoffs, but I, it feels like that to me. I don't think they're going to regress that much. So I think they'll be back there next year, and it's, I don't know, getting players that can pitch game two of the ALDS at this point. Oh, wow. Again, we're throwing a lot of shade at my boy over here. I don't I don't like this happening. Randy Dobnak did nothing what? wrong. <laughs> hey. 
I just, you know, someone behind. He can he can pitch game one. All right, is that yeah. good enough for you? Oh, okay, much better. Thank you. Yeah, screw Michael Pineda. We're done with that guy. Right. <laughs> Spring back at all. All right, but yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I am but, with you, and yeah. again, that's kind of my philosophy regarding starting pitching. I know I've mentioned it a lot. Just get a guy better than mm-hmm. Jacob Rizzi. Like you said, you want a guy starting game two who uh, you just trust a lot. And it, weird circumstances made it so that uh, Randy Dobnak would have a pitch last year, and I don't envision those happening again. But at the same time, it kind of speaks to how thin starting pitching depth can be, where all it takes is uh, a suspension and a guy getting sick, and suddenly you're starting a rookie with, what, 30 innings pitched in a playoff game? <laughs> yeah. And it's like... <laughs> Again, I don't think it's gonna happen, but it can happen, and because it can, now you're a little bit worried about it. So you should you should prepare. Yeah, and especially now that they have even less depth than they did during that time last season. So, yeah. I mean, I, I essentially so. Although they obviously, I hello, think they have. You are to forgetting. Have, and I think they. Yeah, what's up, Martin Perez? What am I forgetting? <laughs> right, that almost adds depth. <laughs> <laughs> they say it's it, like, it was addition by subtraction. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even on the. Uh, if we don't even have to go there. Not even on the playoff roster, but whatever. Yeah. Good for Martin Perez getting paid. He got a lot more than I thought he would get. He got a guaranteed major league contract, and <laughs> I'm shocked because of it. Did he get? I'm. I think it was six and a half. Is that correct? I don't remember. I just remember it had a team option, and I was like, "Hmm, that sounds awfully okay. familiar, doesn't it?" Because if it's if it's six and a half, I was just going to bring that up because then it would be more than both Crone and Scope made, which would be <laughs> quite sad for those two. Yeah, I think that speaks more to how much starting pitching costs. But yeah, you're you're not wrong there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, but the Twins they do have the now that Crone is gone. I've said this earlier in the pod, but uh. The first base hole is officially wide open, and it depends on are they going to move Sano over there with a guy like Donaldson. I think he's the only realistic third baseman that they could there was could sign to replace him. There was rumors about Todd Frazier, but I'm not at all interested in that. If they're going to move Sano to first, I'd like Donaldson there at third. But if not, someone like Eric Thames or Mitch Moreland will likely be taking over for a one-year deal. There are also some rumors about Travis Shaw, but he literally just signed to right. with the Blue yep. Rays. I was, uh, yeah, so. I was going to bring that up too, but he is gone. Yeah, there goes that. Not that I was incredibly enamored by him, but he certainly was an option. When yeah, I'm thinking, he gave some upside. Now that I'm thinking about it, don't they have Vlad Guerrero Jr. at third? What's the play there? Are they just going to DH him full-time at the age of, like, 21? I think Shaw can play first, too, actually. So ah, I guess I'd... that makes sense. Full DH, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what team go, would ever do that? Just go down the Billy Butler route. Oh gosh, there's oh a, Billy Butler's my guy. There's a guy you haven't thought of in a while. <laughs> I think about him every day. I mean, hard not, a country <laughs> breakfast. It's hard not to exactly. think about that guy. You know the nickname? That's outstanding. Oh, it's who? You cannot forget a nickname like I country suppose. breakfast, and it's That's so very true. It was so fitting for Billy Butler. <laughs> Who just looked just, like a Billy oh, Butler, and he played like exactly. a Billy Butler, and he was just oh, man, I'm getting Billy Butler. What a guy! I I think I have a I have a oh I miss him. I have a strong love for players with uh, alliteration, and I guess you have alliteration, mm. so congrats. It's just something that's about why you it. podcast with me. Yeah, that, that's why I chose you in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's I, wonderful. Something about like him, like Blake Bortles. It feels like almost Shakespearean, where I'm just like. It just flows. It feels nice. It's nice to say. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think of anyone, but I can't do it. So yeah, that's all I thought. That's of, on so. me. Yeah, uh, Bortles. Remember, remember Jair Jurgens, the pitcher for the Braves, like yes, five years ago. Yeah, there you go. There's another. <laughs> that was the, the second alliteration that came to my mind. So if you're wondering why I'm in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, hey, CJ Crone was alliteration. So there you go. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, does it have to be pronounced the same way? But now we're on a whole new what thing. Are, what so are we even talking about? Edwin Encarnacion. <laughs> How about that? Hey, what if they sign him? Play first base. Yeah, I don't see it, but... No. Can he even play first White base? White Sox are in on him. Isn't he, like, a million years know. old at this point? Yeah, but he hits a lot of tanks, and he also kills the Twins, and he could go to Chicago, so... Well, if even the Yankees... I don't know. Even the Yankees didn't want to pay him his options, so, I mean, I don't know about that. Yeah, but the Yankees have incredible depth everywhere and the twins don't have a first baseman uh, you don't need a first baseman just what <laughs> yeah just stick like a glove there and like uh, duct tape it to a pole or yeah something. It's, it's it's not can't be that hard to play right it's just first base yeah tell them wash <laughs> oh yeah but uh the main holes i guess so our first base starting pitcher two of them and i don't see them spent I think they kind of proved with the Tyler Clifford signing they're never really going to spend big on a relief pitcher. I think that's what I was showing with that. Because other guys like Dylan Batantis are out there. You could get them for one year, 10 mil, which is not a bad deal at all. But I don't think they'll ever go that route with a reliever for big money. Yeah, I that's mean, what... give a fair amount to Addison Reed. Just a few years back. And how did that go? Well, precisely, yeah. It's kind of where I was, <laughs> I was heading towards. Like, yeah, right. cheap, you know, cheap veteran relievers. I mean, what, what's Tyler Clipper getting? Three and a half mil, was it, or something? If even? Yeah, it's like 3.25. 3.25. Oh, yeah. oh, my bad. I overshot it. My bad. Uh, <laughs> but it's kind of, yeah. No, it's 2.75. Really? I don't. Stop throwing numbers at me. I don't understand this. <laughs> I wrote it down. I just saw it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's. I thought it was kind of funny. I was talking to my dad about this, where it's just like, yeah, we, we want Dylan Batanzas. We get Tyler Clippard. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, not that he's, he's a quality reliever. He just gets out in different ways. And as I said, we're all, we're all suckers for velocity and <laughs> stuff, whatever you define that as. So we, we like seeing that over guys who use, like, command and... Uh, like wit and intelligence to get people out. That's not flashy. We don't like that. Right. Uh, for what it's worth, Encarnacion played 57 total games at first base while missing quite some time last year. I, I Let's get Encarnacion over in the Twin Cities. How about that? I said, did, you just t- did you just talk yourself into Edwin Encarnacion in 10 minutes? Yes. Yeah. That is... <laughs> That's almost like it's when it's very easy for me to do. You almost ironically talked yourself into Greg Bird like the last time we talked. So <laughs> I don't even know. I almost did do that. Didn't wow. Although, <laughs> <laughs> stop. Now stop. that Crone's gone, <laughs> actually, I did see. Uh, oh, was it was Rena who had it in her article? It's like the 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 twins miss stuff. I think she had right, Greg yeah. Bird, and I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, she's very big on Greg Bird, so. I guess I need to get her on to talk about her love for Greg Bird. You guys can share that. <laughs> yeah, there. I'll just, although I know nothing about him, really. He had a 550 OPS last year, so. Oh, if that was a slugging Lord. percentage, he'd be good. <laughs> if you just move the column over once, he's incredible. Oh, he's gone down. Okay, so 
2015 OPS over 800, 2017 over 700, 2018 over 600, 2019 over 500. So, you know, next year you're getting over 400 at least <laughs> OPS. So, man, that's a William Lawson Dio territory right there. Ooh, Ouch, had to do it, had to do it. Well, I think right. we've, I think we've been rambling on long <laughs> enough. We should wrap this up. Yeah, <clears throat> one of our shorter episodes, which is. Yeah. Kind of our new plan. We are switching back to weekly episodes. We were going to do bi-weekly this off-season, but stuff happens, and yeah. we didn't expect that to be the case, so we're, we're going back to weekly. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go back to weekly. As you said, uh, hopefully um, this with this new format, we'll have uh, some more people on so we can have uh, some interesting interviews, talking to other people, get their opinions, so you don't just have to listen to us two jackasses <laughs> uh, agree with each other until the end of time. Oh, yeah, it was good to get someone I, I didn't even know how to, like, actually disagree with someone or something. I was like, so what do I do now? But yeah, that was pretty good. As, as it turns out, you can make strong arguments for a lot of points. <laughs> as, as it turns out, having hard opinions isn't easy. Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah, not me. When This is an echo chamber, so. <laughs> it was fun. I uh, enjoyed it, and we'll get back to someone else someday. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We have, we have no clue. We're going to play this by ear, so we'll, we'll see how exactly. this goes. But uh, anyways, this was a great episode 23. I remembered this time. Uh, nice. Good talking to you. It's good talking to Andrew, although he's, he's not here right now. So uh, if he's listening to this, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, and it was fun. So see you in a week. Yeah, see you in a week when uh, the twins have signed Josh Donaldson in four years. Bold prediction. I hope yeah. it comes true. We'll say, although whenever we make one of these, the exact opposite happens. So you should really stop doing this. That's wow. That's actually really true. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, that's scary. Or, it, these things happen. So. Uh, yeah, see you guys. Have a great Christmas. When this goes up, it'll be yeah, the twenty third. Sure. So we'll be, we'll be coming up soon. Yep. See ya. See ya.